The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I am so happy you're here. So before I introduce today's guest, I want to share with you my four simple tips on self-love. You see, so many people are looking for love, and what they do not realize is that they need to learn to love themselves first in order to have a healthy, loving relationship with someone else or their soulmate. In a Psychology Today article by April Eldemeyer stated that more self-love will attract healthier relationships. So tip number one is forgive yourself and others. When you are holding on to bitterness for someone else or for yourself, forgiveness is essential. Remember, forgiveness is letting go of the bitterness so you are free to love instead. Tip number two, stop comparing yourself. So often we compare ourselves to others wishing we had someone else's looks, their money, the relationship, the car, the house. But when you compare yourself to someone else, all you're doing is reinforcing that you're not good enough and you are good enough. Tip number three, stop criticizing yourself. That critical voice in your head is sabotaging any chance to love yourself and to love someone else. Instead, talk to yourself like you are talking to a child that is upset, being gentle and compassionate. And lastly, tip number four, accept yourself. You need to work on accepting yourself exactly the way you are. Understand and know that you are perfect. So if you'd like to learn more about me, you can visit my website at www.sandyscarlotta.com. So thank you so much for listening today, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Today's guest is Jessica Teachin. Jessica is a wife, mother, employee, working woman, leader, strengths coach, and passionate performance advocate. And I love what she has on her website, which says, quote, I am motivated each day by my core purpose to help people more fully enjoy their lives, including their work. So one day they can look back on their lives and say, I lived a great life. So it's an awesome interview, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, Jessica. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for, for being here. I know you scheduled this a while back and I just appreciate you and your flexibility and I can't wait for this conversation. You just sound like such an interesting person and, and I've had a really phenomenal career. 
Well, thank you so much. I like to think everybody has an interesting story. Uh, but yes, mine certainly, I, I enjoy the, the backdrop to, to my story. Yeah, so let's just jump right in. You know, I always, I love to hear people's story. How did you get to where you are today? Because, you know, obviously when you reach a point in your life where you just want to serve others, it usually comes from a place of maybe pain sometimes, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I think that's a great assessment. I mean, my, my backstory is a little bit different. I went initially went to law school, got my law degree, thought I was going to be a trial attorney. I ended up pivoting into the corporate space and um, was, was working in a business really to just help with a, a, a merger and acquisition at the time. Ended up really falling in love with the company and um, wanting to do and 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 doing talent management or HR, and then slowly over the years grew my areas of responsibility to manage IT, manage uh, order management, customer service, project coordination, all kind of the supporting functions or the shared services functions in the business world, and um, through that process. I learned a lot. Um, I worked really hard. And then 2020 hit and I had some health challenges leading into that. Um, But when 2020 started or when the the COVID pandemic started, I had twin nine month old girls and a three year old boy at the time. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And and I was trying to help our business pivot from just like all businesses were right from a workplace to going virtual, all of the legal challenges that were going on, all of the HR and talent management issues that came with it and the culture challenges. And I had three small children at home. And so that so 2020 was tough just for me, just like it was every I think everybody had their own version of, of difficulty that year. And it was coming out of that around Christmas that I decided I really wanted to write a book and I I really felt like the principles that we had crafted as a business in our workplace that helped us become an exceptional workplace as recognized by Gallup. Congratulations that, for that. That's thank really you. amazing. That, it was it was really big. It's a global award and and it and it was really tough to get, but it really felt different in our culture. And so I wanted to help more workplaces and more people achieve achieve the same thing. So I wrote the book, um, The Exceptional Life Revolution. I wrote it over the last six Six months just published it and I'm starting to, to move into the space where I can can do consulting and really help more businesses achieve the same results Wow now what's the title again the title is the exceptional life revolution and it's a little bit of a play on words because I like to think of it as that we have to evolve. We have to evolve ourselves, our individual performance. We have to evolve our workplaces, our homes, and our communities. And if we do that, if we can do that successfully, we can actually have and live more exceptional lives and start a revolution of more people living their best life or their exceptional life. Oh, I love it. You're speaking my language. That's really awesome. So, So talk a little bit about what the book dives into. And, and is it like steps or tips or, you know, how do you define that and so that the reader, you know, gets a grasp of, of having that exceptional life? Yeah, so I like to think of my book as the practical guide because there's so much excellent research and I've read so many fantastic authors and there's so much knowledge and wisdom in the world. And what my book does or what I've attempted to do is take all of that and demonstrate how anybody anywhere 
no matter what size business you're in, no matter what role you're in, can take these these nuggets of wisdom or these these basic practices and put them into play in your life. And so I talk about performance. I talk about peak performance as operating at our very best and how um, I think I, I always use the example of a mountain. We each have a performance mountain that we're climbing. Each of ours looks a little bit different, but we're all on a journey up a mountain. And there's challenges along the way. And the goal is really to live our best life and to enjoy the journey, to enjoy the process of what we're doing. And so I lay out, um, you know, kind of the framework. And then I have four keys that I use that really, uh, I just use them to keep things simple so that I can remember it. So I've got four keys of expectations, feedback, development, and accountability. And if you can do those four things and apply them to the roles that you perform, that you really can live an exceptional life. Mm, love it. Okay, repeat those one more time. You had expectations. Expectations, feedback, development, and accountability. Love it. So, you know, expectations, that's an interesting thing because I think so many people set expectations on others and themselves. But more importantly, when you place an expectation on other people, sometimes they're not even aware of it. Uh, Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is the alignment around expectations. So whether you own it or it's a shared expectation, and and I apply this in the context of not just workplaces, but also, and I think it's even more relevant a lot of times in our homes, because we don't think about what the expectation really is and aligning on what the expectations are around the roles that we perform, you know, either as spouse or as mother, parent, you know, that, that really taking the time to do that piece is what's really important to expectations. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, this is really great. And, you know, feedback, development, love it, accountability, that one is huge. Mm -hmm. What do you have to share about that? Yeah, so for me, when I talk about accountability, I'm always talking about personal accountability. So I actually don't like, I'm going to hold you accountable. I, I like to teach people or I like to train people on, on how to have an account of, a mindset of high personal accountability. So I own the results, the outcomes, the things that happen in my life. They are my responsibility. And that really kind of ties you right back to expectations of if I commit to the expectations that we've laid out, then I am responsible for ensuring that I meet them. And when I don't, I'm responsible for evaluating why I didn't and what I need to do differently. And so it really comes from a place of mindset and how we look at our circumstances and the things that we're encountering and the challenges that we're encountering every day. Yeah, and I totally agree with you. However, and I'm sure you've come across these types of people who are always pointing the finger at somebody else. And I had a counselor 30 years ago say to me, when you're pointing the finger at somebody else, There's three fingers pointing right back at you. And it's so true, right? So what do you say to people when they're like, you know, constantly wanting to put blame on other people? You know, it's not my fault. They, you know, they're they're not, they're not being accountable to themselves, themselves, and they're not taking responsibility. Yeah. When I, so all of the elements of a lack of accountability, I think it's the human condition. I believe that we all fall into that, that it is the natural way that when we fall into, let's say you mentioned blame, right? We fall into, I want to blame somebody. That's really just a, 
that's really just a, a response to, to my reality that I'm not ready to move forward. That it is easier for me to blame someone else than for me to take action on the challenge that I'm facing. And so I think when you can give people the tools to understand that that action or that response is natural, but if we can change how we think about our natural response so we can say, okay, I see that I'm blaming, what what can I do instead? Or how do I move through this challenge? How do I recognize I'm blaming because really I'm scared of what just happened or I'm, I'm nervous about the change that's coming or I'm worried that I'm gonna get in trouble and then move to, okay, what's the next best thing I can do? And blaming really is never the next best thing we can do. Um, it's always better to move forward. So you start to give people the tools and techniques that allow them to shift how they're thinking from a, 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 a their natural reaction to something that's more healthy and allows them to move forward. Mm -hmm. Love it. Because really, a lot of times what happens is that our ego gets in the way because our ego is meant to protect us. Even though it can be damaging, its job is to protect us from yeah. you know those scary feelings that you were just talking about. Absolutely. And one of the things I've discovered when it comes to those feelings is how few people even know how to uh, identify them. And I put up a, a feelings chart, um, which I, I work in a, in a male, I've worked for the last 10 years in a male dominated world of engineering, manufacturing and, and process control. And so I put that up and I've got all these engineers and they, and they don't like to talk about feelings usually, but you put it up and they start to realize how many feelings there actually are that they don't even realize and how often that our, our response or our lack of accountability is tied to one of those feelings, whether it's it's anxiousness or anger or frustration or even insecurity or, or a lack of understanding that there's usually something more going on that's causing us to have that negative reaction. And when people can start to connect to, okay, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm demonstrating that, then they can start to move through it so much more effectively. Mm, yeah. You know, I always say when you're practicing your mindset, you know, when you're working on your mindset, it's a practice. Just like you practice law, you practice medicine. You need to practice your mindset. It's no different. I love that. I, I'm a huge believer in you've got to do the experiential learning to make anything stick. And so I think that's a great example of no matter what skill you're developing, you've got to be experiencing and practicing it in order to make it part of your everyday habits. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We are going to take a quick break from today's interview because I am so excited to tell you about a new program that I've just rolled out. It includes two group coaching calls each month to help you create the lasting happiness you so desire. It's only a $50 a month investment in yourself and you are worth it. So visit www.sandyscarlotta.com slash courses to sign up. I hope you enjoy the rest of today's interview. So I noticed on your website, you've got a new program coming out soon. Can you talk about that? The, the, the new course or the... Well, I thought the, it was a course. Did yeah. I, did I see that correctly? Yeah. So I've got, um, along with the book that I just published, 
I have, so if you purchase the book, you actually get a free course um, that talks about how creating, um, creating exceptional experiences can impact our lives and why, why you should want to do so, why you should want to um, reach peak performance so you can have these, these exceptional experiences in your life. So I've got that first course that's available if you purchase the book, as well as there's a, a workbook that goes along with my book that takes you through each of the keys, takes you through a lot of reflection and then action so you can put the, the principles into practice. Nice. So how do you define peak performance? So that's interesting. I think there's a lot of ways you can define uh, peak performance, but for me, when I um, when I think of peak performance, I think peak performance is when we've evolved and optimized to operate at the highest level of our personal capabilities and in a way that produces positive results and creates exceptional experiences in our lives. So it's not a destination, it's really about operating and living in a way that we're performing at our best and that we're doing it in a way that creates the best life for ourselves. Mm, I love that. Yeah, because you're all about the journey, which is really what we're here for, right? It, absolutely, and it's and it's all this, this evolution right this this need to keep growing and keep changing ourselves or keep bettering who we are as people and if we can do that we will enjoy the experience so much more than when we're resisting it well not only that we're going to be in a better situation to serve others Uh, absolutely and that and that's really in the end what it's all about and I, I the, the very final part of my book talks about each of the areas the last one being communities and that we all have this we really need our communities so desperately and if we don't with intention look for ways to create and serve our communities that they are going to to continue to struggle and so it's so important that we also think about the roles that we perform in and and in service to our communities yeah yeah i mean we're we're really um i i feel like we're really and especially 2020 brought this home for many many people that we're kind of at a crossroads in humanity right now i believe absolutely and i think i think we either have to start doing more self-reflection and working on ourselves and learning how to love ourselves first so that we can love one another because if not, you know, we're going to be doomed. It's just a matter of time. We can't continue to operate with this divide that we have going on. I mean, it's like that in the United States anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I think there is so much um, discord and so much of them versus us. And and even in, you look at the corporate works workplace right now or, or the, the workplaces in general and this great resignation that's happening and the, the we're hiring signs in every service industry that's out there. They can't fill, um, you know, fast food places can't fill their open positions because as a, as a society, we've really shifted in how we want to exist. And we're at that precipice of we need to change how we look at how these three parts of our lives operate together, how our life at work, our life at home, and our life in our communities can coexist in a way that brings about the best possible outcomes rather than this constant state of conflict and resistance between them. And and for me in the workplace, you know, there's this the age old thought process of leave your leave your personal stuff at the door, right? When you come and work, you just leave it at the door. Well, 
you know, during the pandemic, you couldn't do that because you were at home right there with it. And I think that that time period's gone. All three are going to blend together and we've got to figure out how to help them all work together in a way that really brings about better things in the world today. Yeah. And there's still so many organizations that are not willing to let people work remotely. And I think that's, that's the that's the biggest problem that I've seen is that people, they want to work at home. Uh, Yeah. I, so I'm, I'm in the workplace and I've seen a lot. I've seen that people want to work at home at least part of the time. They want flexibility. They want to be able to have, I've, I've had employees talk to me about how during the pandemic was the first time they ever had breakfast with their kids. I've got a lot of Uh, sales guys who that was the first time they were able to have breakfast with their kids and what a difference that made for their family. And so I think it's not necessarily an all or none uh, or a zero sum game. And I think that both can exist. But it's it's so critical that we start to rethink how we work and we rethink how can we find a, a good outcome for both. And workplaces are just scared. They're scared they're losing their culture, that they're not going to be able to maintain their culture or their work environment, that productivity is going to be lost. They don't know what they don't know. And so it's going to be navigating that terrain and finding a way where all of the good outcomes can exist together. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because, and I I agree that there needs to be a balance between the two. Like it doesn't, it's not all or nothing. Um, So yeah. So, okay, my gosh, we've talked about so many things. Let's, Let's jump back to your feelings chart. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, about the the, the f- feelings that I use in, in training. Yeah, your feelings chart. You mentioned that you have a feelings chart. I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, so I have a, a chart where I put up all of the different um, kind of columns of, of feelings that people may have when they're reacting to um, a situation that might put them. I, use, I always use the accountability hole because we kind of fall into this hole and then it's how do we get ourselves out of it. And, um, and so typically it can, the best way to start is by naming it, you know, am I here because, you know, why am I here? What is really going on? Why am I blaming someone else? Why am I pointing fingers or why am I just complaining? That's another one I love, you know, what, what, why are we complaining? Because we're not ready to do something about it. Okay, well, let's move to what are we going to do about it? Um, And so I think that that's always been something I've really been shocked by how few people can name what's really going on. But once they can, how much it diffuses whatever the situation is that they're in. Yeah. (laughs) When you were talking about complaining, I I, I always laugh and think of my husband, he'll he'll call me out. He's like, you're complaining. I'm like, I'm not complaining. I'm just explaining. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Because I'm like, you know, like, it's not a complaint. I'm just explaining how, you know, the situation or whatever. But, but yeah, that is so great. And that's interesting because sometimes I think people want to call something that 
they don't like a lack of accountability. Like you're raising an issue, you're raising a problem. Well, you're just complaining. That's that's just a lack of accountability or you're just causing drama. And it's not the same thing. When we're trying to take action, when we're trying to point out a challenge or an issue so we can bring about change, so we can bring about a better outcome, that's actually not a lack of accountability. A lack of accountability is when we're when we're not making any forward progress. Right. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> that's awesome. So Jessica, this has been such a great conversation and I love everything that you're doing. Is there anything else that you want to share with the audience today? Yeah, I, I just, if you can, um, or, if, or if you're interested, get my book, the, the Exceptional Life Revolution. You can find me on my website at evolvingtoexceptional.com. I'm working with individuals. I've got individual courses, but I'm also going to be working uh, a lot with workplaces to try to help them navigate this really challenging pivot and this really challenging time to, to make the transition to what we need workplaces to be in the future and moving forward. Mm, so needed. So, so needed. Wow. Thank you so much for joining me today. This has been such a great conversation and good luck with everything that you're doing. It's really amazing. And thank, thank you. Thank, thank you, you for so what you're doing. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. I love, love talking about it all, obviously. Yes. <laughs> all right. Take care, Jessica. All right. Bye. I love Jessica's energy and her desire to help other people. It's amazing. Uh, Her description of peak performance was incredible. Her book is The Exceptional Life Revolution. Her her website is evolvingtoexceptional.com. So thank you for joining me today. You can learn more about me at sandyscarlotta.com. My book, Happiness Solved, Climbing 100 Steps, can be found on Amazon, Amazon, and Barnes & Noble. And as always, I hope that your life is filled with peace, joy, and happiness. Take care, everyone.